0: Good afternoon everyone. It's a pleasure having us here. Join us on this webinar today. Happy New Year. And um, it's not too late to say yes that we are grateful to be here. Alright, so good day everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you're joining us from. It's a pleasure to welcome us to yet another webinar of the Yabu Voice. Um, the Yabu Voice is the official online voice of the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital that aims at providing quality mental health information to the public. And it's also, like I said, earlier the year to say compliment of the season to everyone. Uh, we're grateful that yet again we're here in the year 2021. Um, 2020 looked like a very long year. Um, It came with the pandemic, came with the protests and quite a lot of issues um, ravaged that year. But yes, like I said, we are grateful to be here. We're grateful that you're also joining us on this webinar once again. So it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Denise, yes, thank you. So many people have said, Happy New Year, a good day to us. So we're happy to see you here today. Um, yes, um, today we'll be continuing with something that um, started in the year 2020. Uh, it has lingered, lingered throughout the year, and then it also has continued um, again even to the year 2021. And we're talking about the COVID-19. Um, it's going to form the bulk of our discussion today. But to welcome us. Formally and officially to this webinar, the first in the year twenty twenty-one, is the medical director of the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital and also the Chief Host of the Yabo Voice Webinar, Dr. Oluyemi Ogun. Over to you, ma'am.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good evening. From wherever you are all over the world. I'm happy to welcome you to this webinar, the first in the year 2021. And I say Happy New Year to each and every one of us. Today, we are talking about the second wave of COVID 19, the frontline workers' experiences, and psychological traits. And let me remind you that. On 17 December 2020, Nigeria recorded 1,145 new cases of COVID-19 in one day. This was far more than what was earlier on recorded, and this led to the presidential task force on COVID-19 to announce that Nigeria had entered the second wave of COVID-19 infection. And this led to measures like warning religious organizations against mass gathering at that time of the year advices not to travel for Christmas celebrations and other measures to curb the increase what is known is that this second wave is far more dangerous than the first one reports from hospitals across the country show that more patients need oxygen and more bed spaces are needed than in the first week. Nigeria has lost many high flyers in the society to COVID nineteen, as it has also lost others that are not regarded as suffering, but who oh, were wow, and are still very important to their families. The God in His infinite message grants each of our compatriots eternal rest coronavirus pandemic started early in 2020, experts wondered if there will be waves of cases, a pattern that was seen in other virus pandemics. It was later realized that the decline in infection rate that was noticed earlier on had been erased, and that what was being observed was a higher increase in the number of cases. And this was not peculiar to Nigeria alone. It's all over the world. Because of the second wave has been largely blamed on human behavior, the federal government, states, local governments, and individuals differ in their responses to the pandemic. Some follow the COVID-19 precautions, such as physical distancing, hand washing, and wearing face masks. Others do not follow these procedures or strict. certain high-risk activities like our OAMB parties. While COVID-19 precautions were enforced in some places, others believe it is a matter of personal choice. So what is our collective experience about this second wave of COVID-19? Especially the experiences of people that manage the sequence. Those who have seen people who fought COVID-19 and won the battle, and also say those who are not so lucky. We call them the frontline workers. They are those at the battle, COVID-19 battle phase. To share their experiences with us are three experts. The first person, Dr. Charles Umeh, is a noble of the hospital and a friend. He's a senior lecturer and clinical psychologist at the Lagos University of Hospital. He's been involved in psychological treatment of people with infectious diseases like Ebola, and currently is the deputy head of the Lagos-based psychosocial response team for COVID-19. The Second speaker is Dr. Opa He's a senior registrar in the infectious diseases units of uh, Lagos University Teaching Hospital. is the P.R.O. of the Nigeria Infectious Diseases Society. He has extensive Experience in outbreak responses, having been part of Ebola, Lassa, and Yellow Fever responses in Nigeria, is currently the infection Prevention and Control Team lead in Lagos COVID-19 response. It teaches and promotes non-pharmacological interventions of infectious diseases in all the sectors of society. He has set up and monitor isolation centers. He has trained thousands of individuals on infection structures across various structures, such as health workers, oil and gas, airlines, hospitality, and schools. He has managed hundreds of COVID-19 patients in various isolation centers. The first person is Mr. Charles Ogutage, who is a registered nurse and a registered psychiatric nurse. He's a Yaba boy. Having left Federal Anurakatik Hospital in Baliwag as a nursing officer, relocated to Australia where he had a Master of Science degree. He now a credentialed mental health nurse at the government Valley Health, Victoria, Australia. He leads a team of clinicians that work in the front line, where their role is to provide clinical screening and assessment at the emergency department. Ladies and gentlemen, dear as well. Please relax and listen to our expert as I hand you over to our moderator Mrs. Akito Yeshe. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much ma'am. The medical director would wet the ground and your appetite would just be overflowing. And um You know, what we're looking at might look very trivial. So the normal man out there, they don't even believe that COVID-19 is in existence. Not to even talk of the second wave. And this is quite challenging to our world because that means the precaution and everything that we should take uh, will not be faking. All right, so now we would also go on. We have just one hour to do this, and we will try as much as possible to maximize the time so that we get adequate benefits and information that would help enrich our lives. Um, Dr. Kawa is here from Leeds, who is going to share with us, first of all, what COVID-19 is. The layman doesn't understand. Is it in the blood? Is it, is it, what is it about? What are the symptoms? You have had first-line experience of people who have had this virus. So what is it that we need to know about the COVID-19
2: in itself? Thank you, sir. So Doctor Powere, please unmute yourself. A signal has been sent to your phone. Can you see, Doctor Power? Okay. While we wait for him to come back, uh, please let us know, sir, when you uh, reconnect back
0: to us. Let's go to Mr Charles Ogon, um Mr. Charles Ogunnza, like you been said, but the medical director is um outside this country, and so um we want to hear what's been happening out there, what are his experiences, what have you seen most especially with the second wave um and what do you do differently? Maybe we'll also take a cue from that and be able to also prevent and also preserve ourselves all right, so Mr Charles Ogon, please let's have you,
3: yeah. Uh, Good morning, or good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm so glad uh, to be here today. Uh, It is uh, 11 minutes after 10 p.m. in Australia, and it should be uh, 11 minutes after 12 noon uh, in Nigeria, I believe. Uh, I'm so glad, uh, I'm really so glad uh, to see uh, a lot of uh, names on the list that people that have uh, before, many years ago, I left uh, Yabal in 2005, and uh, I could even uh, see people that have left uh, before me that I still catch up with them around the globe. I can see Mr. Yekin uh, on the on the screen uh, there. You're welcome. It's uh, someone that I uh, really cherish so much. So uh, without saying uh, so much, uh, I'm so glad to be here. So we'll be talking about uh, uh, COVID-19. Uh, it has been a, a, a uh, information has a, been a big a news uh, all over the world in the last uh, one year now. And uh, I always uh, tell people it is COVID-19 is one uh, pandemic that has humbled uh, the whole world and uh, when it's all uh, started we uh, thought it's something that's just going to be uh, for a short while and then we'll move on and but then here we are it's still with us uh <clears throat> i uh like i'm just going to uh talk uh, mainly about uh, the experience uh, here uh in uh, australia if uh uh initially i Was thinking that I'm going to share a a slide, but uh, then I decided not to do that since I've only just got uh, seven minutes to uh, to talk. Uh, We recorded uh, the first case in Australia around mid February in uh, mid February in 2020. And and this uh, came uh, from uh, some uh, cruise uh, ship uh, that came uh, from Europe and uh, landed in New South Wales, Sydney Arbor. And uh, uh, it was really mismanaged. It was a real debacle. And since then, uh, uh, the case, uh, we've been having uh, one case or the other. Then we have a a community transmission and things started spreading uh, from there. And uh, some state uh, manages uh, manages very well. Uh, I think uh, my state in Victoria was uh, the most uh, hit in terms of uh, the first wave and uh, and uh, the second wave. As of today, Australia has a total case of uh, 28,721. Out of uh, those uh, yeah, cases, uh, they've recorded the recovery of uh, 25,919 people and a total debt of uh, 909 <clears throat> and when you look at this figure and like you compare it to what is happening in uh, Europe uh, across uh, Europe in uh, North America and even in uh, uh, Southeast Asia you agree with me that is a very uh, small number uh, but nevertheless uh, one debt is just uh, too many uh what would have uh, be uh, a good news for everybody is not uh, to record any debt at all and uh, we, and when you look at this uh, figure, in uh, the when we had uh, the first wave of uh, COVID-19, Australia has a total death of uh, 27 for that's the uh, first wave. And by May June, we uh, had a period of uh, days, uh, weeks of uh, uh, zero transmission, zero community transmission, and by July. We entered into the second wave. And when you now look at this uh, figure, now we have a total debt of uh, 909. The second uh, wave uh, came uh, with a serious uh, bang. Everybody, was really, everybody really felt it. And uh, the debt rate uh, jumped from uh, 27 uh, to 909. Uh, you can see how, 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 how bad it is and uh the ways uh, that the uh, the uh the uh, uh state, the national level at the state level at uh, the local level they just have uh, to uh, seriously collaborate together and see how best to uh, to manage these. and the first thing uh, which is uh, universal is uh, the social distancing that is very common uh, everywhere they maintain everybody maintain a social distancing they recognise uh, services that could be uh, run uh, from home. The most uh, yeah, services have to shut down. Uh, They're running their their services from home. Uh, are, yeah, when, when you look at uh, this, it could be easier for a government to run the uh, services that uh, people will still get paid. But how do you manage uh, individuals uh, that uh, run their home business, the sole traders and all that? But what the government did was that they, they organised uh, what they call a job keeper and which they allow the uh, sole traders uh, to let go of their staff and allow them to work from home, but at the same time continue to pay them the salary. And the government is paying the salary, uh, making sure that uh, people are getting paid. They're still in a good, their normal wage, whatever they're handing it before before they leave. And then you now bring uh, uh, that uh, to the, uh, the restriction. They identify the areas that are hotspots and, uh, and it was uh, divided into a, a red zone and a green zone. In the red zone, they isolate them there. They cannot uh, travel more than five kilometer radius uh, uh, around where they live. And it's so easy to do that people cannot even flatter the other. There is a uh, police everywhere. There is every fine. If you move beyond your zone, you get a fine of $1,500 on the spot. And you can imagine when you when you cop that uh, fine it uh, twice uh, you will be forced uh, to uh, to to uh, you will be forced uh, to comply with the rules. They uh, restrict uh, yeah, people uh, gathering in larger number in uh, houses. Uh, you cannot invite uh, any non-members of your ha- of your house uh, into into your house. And the police are doing a spot check at every interval. And even uh, your neighbours uh, will ring the police and dub you in. And let the police know that we're hearing a lot of noise in the next door, and the police will come around and they'll find everybody in there. By the time they meet maybe 10, 15 of you in the house and they find you, they find you uh, uh, 1,500 each. next time you will not do that. And when you now bring it into the hospital setting, it was really so managed that there is every hospital, there's just only one entry. Nobody comes into the hospital without being checked. You have uh, your screening. You have your your you have your temperature check on every either the staff or the patient that comes into the hospital. Everybody gets checked before they enter into the hospital setting and that, And this uh, this uh, uh check uh, this check happens 24/7. Uh, if you come into the hospital at 2 a.m. in the morning, you will still find people there that will check you and give you a tag and allow you to go into the hospital. And the government had developed and app they call it a COVID app. Which uh, once you download the app on your phone, you just need to have the Bluetooth of your phone on. They, if uh, there is an any outbreak anywhere, they were able uh, to to track everybody that I've had contacted to that person that has uh, that, that that has uh, the outbreak because uh, it's going to put pick a Bluetooth uh, sensor uh, wherever you go, and they can you can just ring you and said look. Uh, where uh, you've been uh, in so-so place that uh, we can pick uh, your your Bluetooth uh, uh, a harper uh, there, and they uh, they will uh, tell you to self-isolate like, uh, being, uh, someone, uh, that there's been someone uh, that has been confirmed uh, COVID uh, positive uh, places where you've been, so that is been managed. And when you now come into the health setting, people that work within the health industry they have to give us a special uh, consideration when you when you come down with a symptom or you have a contact. Uh, with a uh, covid a positive person when you don't have uh, the proper protective uh, gear on you get tested and your result uh, comes back uh, within five hours even though the other people their results might not be back until after two days but they prioritize the uh, people in the health setting your result is back uh, within five hours and then while you are waiting the result they take you off the line they take you off oh, the you line father. until he-
0: Secretary, yeah. thank you. I know you have so much information, but we still have two other key professionals too that we want to hear from. You have given yeah. us loads and loads of information. Thank you so much. Please just still hold the talk because we're still coming yeah. back to you with lots of yeah. questions. But what I've heard you said is the fact that the second wave is real, one. Yep, but absolutely. But there are, there are also measures that have been put in place to ensure that people stay safe with yeah. even with the increase. Um, I, I hear you say the number of deaths has um, gone to about 909,000
4: which is 909, nice. nine,
0: 909, not, not 900. Okay, 909 now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's that's also significant. And then people also take responsibility. And so when there are noises or anything that um, makes people to violate, you can also tell on your neighbor. So that ensures that everybody stays protected and safe. Yeah. I've heard you say that. So thank you. We'll still come back to you. Um, Doctor Kwawyer is here on the line. Doctor Kwawyer, can I hear you, please? All right. Just click the mute. Things that have been sent to you?
4: Dr. Kui? Yes. All right. Yes. Yes.
0: Over to you, sir. Let's hear your thoughts on
2: what COVID is. Yes, we are hearing you. Hello? All right. All right. So please
0: go on, sir. Hello? We can hear you, Dr. Paway. Please go on. Go ahead. Hello? Bye bye. Sorry, this is technology. This is part of um, what our world has into. So please just bear with us. Dr. Power, we can hear you. We are hearing your voice here. Huh? I think it's just network from his hand. Uh, we're so sorry about that. I think it's even frozen now. Dr. Charles, may I I hope you're here and ready. I want to apologize for these technicalities. Um, it's just something beyond our control. And part of the message we sent out on um, Yabo Voice yesterday is the fact that we have to just focus on the things that we can control. So we'll just do our beats and just allow the others to stay back. All right, Dr. Tao Zube, are you here?
4: Uh, yes, I'm here.
0: All right, so um, we're going to take you now and then maybe we'll still be able to come back to Dr. Power, here subsequently. Um, Yes, you had worked with COVID-19. I know that you worked with quite a lot of other infectious cases, but significantly, what have been your experiences um, working with COVID-19? Both patients, even both health workers, people who were on the front line, and then what psychological tips um, do you think will be applicable to us even in, in times like this? Let's hear from you, sir.
5: Okay, Uh, thank you, uh, Kemi, for this opportunity and for the MD, for inviting me. Um, I'm also using this opportunity uh, to thank the Yaba Voice for the good work people are doing and and informing people on the current uh, pandemic we are in, especially with the upsurge and the second wave issues. Now, if I go back a bit to history, the studies prove that previous infectious disease caused long-term and persistent psychopathological consequences to the society. For example, during uh, uh, and after the severe acute respiratory syndrome outbreak in 2003, a lot of mental health issues have psychological consequences were reported across but most especially among healthcare providers or or frontline healthcare professionals. Factors such as uh, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder were identified. This was also the same during the Middle East respiratory syndrome outbreak. And similar symptoms of anxiety, fear, panic were also reported. And that is not too far away. From what was experienced during the COVID pandemic of 2019. Now, going by my experience, especially with the COVID issue, fortunately, unfortunately, I was one of the first persons that had contact with in this case. We all remembered when they said he was having depression; he was trying to run away. So that called for me to have an interaction with a colleague, with him. And he on knows that he was having adjustment issues, And that is part of the experience people who come down with this virus had. And if you look at the onset of this virus, people were thrown into the dark world of uncertainty because nobody understood the nature of this virus. And the information the treatment guidelines were not there, and it took intervention for people to begin to come up with different guidelines based on what is available to us. And you could also remember that during this period, there were so many information regarding this, thereby causing fear and anxiety to the populace. Now, in order to stem the, this virus from spreading to wide, the government of several countries imposed certain uh, procedures or guidelines that triggered even more uh, psychological problems. For instance, we knew how most states were locked down. We knew how social distancing came to be. And you know that human beings are social animals. When you stop them from interacting, it's going to cause a lot of emotional problems. And that was what we faced during this period. Now, schools were shut down. The impact to individuals, families, emotionally became very wide because it led to so many psychological problems, uh, which I might not want to go into detail because I have very limited time. My focus today is on the frontline health care professionals, they were really impacted by this lockdown. Remember, I said earlier that there were no proper treatment guidelines. There were no enough information base. Meanwhile, the cases were on the rise. That was the first phase. Now, this second wave has even brought more issues in terms of the rate of death and the number of patients or the spread getting more and more. Now, what happened to the front liners emotionally, psychologically at this stage, all right? And we, if you remember, during the first phase, we had a lot of issues coming from not knowing what to do or no proper guidelines. Then the issue of increased workload, okay, brought about so many issues like emotional exhaustion, anger, irritability, Especially when you don't have the resources to work with. We know the shortage of PPE, all these things, and then not knowing exactly what to do based on the treatment guidelines. This led to what we might consider burnout. But the components of burnout most workers experience that we have to manage them were emotional exhaustion. Okay? And some of them also suffer from depersonalization. Apart from What we talked about, pathophobia, that is fear of contracting the virus and infecting your family with it. These were all right among the healthcare providers. Now, with increased number of cases and the increased number of deaths due to the second wave, the stress level is now on the high now anxiety level is now on the high among these healthcare providers suspicion avoidance and probably the uncertainty and powerlessness due to what is expected from the government to deal with this issue and the shortage of all the necessary manpower to deal with increasing Brings much, especially to the level of burnout, these healthcare workers experience. Now, I can go on and on, really, some of the negative consequences of this increased rate in the virus um, impact. But how can we deal with some of these things, especially the stress level, the anxiety, the emotional exhaustion that is associated with burnout? Now, let's go back to our our experience during the first phase, where we have to manage a lot of um, healthcare providers in our psychosocial support team. Now we organize sessions like debriefing session, where they have to come together, talk about their experiences. Now, remember, part of those experiences were trauma-based. There are three, a patient you are managing or talking with today, the next moment the patient is gone. Compassion fatigue were there. Then we have to create a forum where they have to ventilate, talk about those experiences, talk about the difficulties they had. Okay, and now apart from that, remember the tension that comes with anxiety. We have to organize relaxation exercises because we know that tension and relaxation cannot go along they can happen together. And there are so many ways people can relax under a tense atmosphere, which are very practical to us. For instance, deep breathing exercises can go a long way in helping people who are under this level of tension to relax, especially when they're going through acute stress disorder. Now, apart from that, there are so many other ways these people who are frontliners can relax. One of them is like creating opportunity for them to go on break. While they're on this break, they engage in activities that relax them and take their mind away from the tension they have in the field. Simple things like dancing, exercises can go a long way in helping. In some other cases, when the level of distress is high, there is need, you to see, or for them to see a clinical psychology, okay, for a debriefing station or, or for a desensitization program. Now, we also talked about technical treatment approaches like cognitive behavioral therapy that can be employed because most of what causes this problem is our interpretation of the situation. Because, inasmuch as much as so many people will be affected by the same situation, some other persons might tend to cope better than others and that is where apart from tpt you will bring into bear the personality characteristics of some of these healthcare workers are you in the right profession because some people who cope better with this kind of uh, health distress or crisis are people who have some attributes of resilience people who are altruistic okay who have compassion for other persons it doesn't matter whether their life is at stake. But I'm not saying that people should throw their lives to the gallows in order to save somebody's life. And that is where the professional competency of healthcare providers come in. And you can go a long way in helping them deal with the situation. How does that work? Training and retraining. Like when we started initially, it was difficult maintaining contact with anybody. Until, because there were information that the virus flies in the air and people can easily get, uh, get it from contacts. Until we started understanding the modus operandi of this virus, that it cannot travel, in, it can only get it in the air and it's suspended and it cannot go beyond two meters from existence. And I, I guess that was what helped me and my colleague when we made the first the index case. Because we have to see him in the open and we maintain feet, uh, feet distance during the interaction. And good enough, we never get infected by it.
1: So, when you have
5: the right information, it goes a long way in reducing the tension that will come from the condition. And as healthcare providers, it's of utmost importance that we be updated every time as the situation changes, because it can go a long way in reducing the panic and tension that can come. I can the see Kemi is willing to stop me. All right, <laughs> thank, thank you, you. so <laughs> much.
0: I know you can go on and on and on and on. Uh, but thank you so much for um, that information. You know, you said something very vital now. When the information came back, it was just in the hair. That was when real panic started for quite a, a lot of us because we felt, that means we can't even go out, we can't, but at a point in time when we now got the um, right information that yes, it's not on the hair and when you use your mask, you stay two meters away from people, then the chances of contracting it is limited. And you know, that also gave us the confidence and um, the boldness to be able to just move out and deal with what we had to deal with. Thank you so, so much. We're going to come back to you because before we go, I wanted to be able to give the general populace out there too. Uh, what they can do, especially with the second wave, What can they do? How can they better manage themselves psychologically? So we'll come back um, to ask you that. But um, let's see if um, Dr. Power, are you back now?
6: Yes, I am back.
0: All right, good. All right, so let's hear from Dr. Power. We have questions on the um, chat first. We will take them. Please, let's leave our comments and questions there. But let's hear from Dr. Power. Please, over to you, sir. Okay,
6: thank you very much. So sorry for the. uh, technical issues uh, we've been having. Uh, right now, the isolation ward, I'm just about to go to the ICU to see some patients. So we are in the front of the front line, not just the front lines, we're in the front. And in the very front, we get uh, the brunt of this uh, virus. And uh, Dr. Ume has alluded to many things it, uh, it, it's actually taking its toll on us. I have um, some of my co-workers who are sick with the virus. Some of them, even their families are also sick. And so it's not as if we are supermen or we are survivors. Uh We are just trying to do it because somebody has to do this job. So um, this is something people out there need to understand. It's not easy on us, but we have to work for you. So please, any way you can help us we'll appreciate that. So thank you very much. I give it up to the people who have spoken ahead of me. Mr. Uh, Tassel, all the way from uh, Australia. Thank you for sharing the Australian experience and also to Dr. Chao. Uh, Who we working closely, and um, you can, we can all tell you stories about what uh, we have seen with COVID. Uh, basically, uh, over the next very short time, really, I was talking about uh, what COVID is all about. So, it's a virus, you know, since COVID-2. And it was called COVID-19 because it was uh, first discovered in December 2019. So, the virus is just about a year old now, but it has been very devastating. Uh, I today, we discussed uh, almost 100 million cases worldwide with more than 2 million deaths. And uh, in Nigeria, we have about 114,000 cases, as I said uh, yesterday night. I always tell people that the true number of infections in Nigeria may actually be 10 times that number because a lot of people are not tested. And so we don't really have the true picture. Also, that the number of deaths in Nigeria is actually maybe quite higher than what has been recorded. So it can and uh, it's very, very important for us to understand how the virus spreads. How do you spread? How does COVID spread? So, when it spreads from one person to another, uh, when you, uh, it's in the respiratory droplets. And so, when it talks, top or sneeze, it moves. And then uh, it goes out through those droplets, which many of the times you cannot see that, and then gets on another person when the person is filled. And that's the whole science behind the use of masks. And that's where very much is extremely important in trying to curb the spread of COVID-19 because uh, when you wear the mask, you block your droplets from coming out, and also the other person's all droplets of the So that's why um, that's very, very crucial. So uh, what are the signs that came up with COVID? So that's the challenge now with COVID, that it looks like malaria sometimes uh, because lot of patients, it started fever. So they will have fever. It uh, could have, uh, some patients will have headaches. Some would have a cough, some would have sore throat, some would have bloody nose, some would have loss of smell and uh, loss of taste or alteration in taste. I like the loss of smell because not many conditions present like that. So I tell people, every time you have loss of smell, don't bother, don't go to the lab, just go and get yourself in the isolation center or go and isolate yourself at home because you definitely most likely have COVID. You know, I've had patients who discovered their, they, their, they have lost their sense of smell when they are in the And, you know, they just cannot smell anything. Or when they are flying perfume. Or some people in the kitchen. Some people that taste goes away totally. They can not taste food taste like of, Or food tastes like, you know, like some people, they just have bitter taste. Or everything will just become salt. That's how they start suspecting that they are COVID. Uh, the ones that are serious are the ones that have difficulty in breathing. And the problem with COVID is that the difficulty in breathing may not be that apparent. It may not be looking like there's nothing going on and then the thing has gone far inside the body, you know, for the people that have difficulty in breathing. So some people too are asymptomatic, they don't have any symptoms at all. It's the only when you go to the last test that you find it. The challenge is that even those that are asymptomatic can still spread the virus. So, Not as effective as all that. And that is why
4: everybody has careful.
6: In and that's all. for some other people they will be very very sick. the challenge in covid ladies and gentlemen
4: is that there is no reliable way to know the person that will be very oh the
2: network
6: is dr and the person that will oh, be okay you're back so i've lost a 37 i've lost a 37-year-old i've lost two thirty-year-old i've lost a 39-year-old lady who was pregnant I've also lost 82-year-old, 83-year-old. So there is no way to predict. The reality is that some people will be very sick, and some people will fine. I've treated a 94-year-old, 91-year-old woman who did not have any symptoms. And I've lost a 19-year-old girl from this same COVID. So that is why we all have to be very, very careful. And that is why I will talk about wearing masks. Unfortunately, a lot of people are not very good with the way they wear their masks. You know, they wear it or their nose or they wear it and bring it to their chin and all sorts of um, things. When you wear a mask, you must make sure that your nose and your mouth are covered. Like this. You understand, Also, are supposed wear a mask like this. Okay? some people wear it like this.
4: Hmm? Let me do both things here. Or some people, let me get here. Hmm? some people, they put it like this, have seen people do this, and the ones we don't advise them All these are not to be a way know where the man is.
6: They don't help with the control of COVID-19. COVID is very
4: dangerous. And the next part of me is what Now we
6: have people who are very sick. Sometimes there are entire families of isolation. We have large families, we have husband no dying or the wife very sick. Mm-hmm. We have some families, everybody. And so we have to all take responsibility in slowing down and trying to stop this. Otherwise, if we are not careful, we are going to get to the state they are outside the country. In the US, 3,000 people are dying every
4: day. That is a lot. And else systems are available our There is no oxygen. I tell you, there is no oxygen. Yeah. as just trying to find
6: people and to
4: can this <laughs> virus. Uh, I think I'm going to uh, stop here
6: so that uh, because I know we don't have... Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to stop here. I don't have uh, so much
4: time, so uh, I think I'll need to see
0: all right, we're sorry, um, Dr. Power's audio wasn't very good, but then if you listen to him, um, he was able to tell us the facts that, yes, one of the most important symptoms you will see is headache, sore throat, loss of smell, that's what it is for a lot of people. And that is one of the distinguishing factor or symptoms that helps you to know that yes, this is COVID. From what he said, he said once that occur, then know that no doubt about it, He was talking about um, the COVID, and it also comes with um difficulties in breathing. But he also has said that there are some people too that doesn't even have symptoms. Uh, he has said he, he, he saw or managed a woman who was 91 year old and who didn't have a symptom. She was asymptomatic and a girl of 19 who also came down with this um, illness and died as a result of it. And he also showed us how to use uh, the mask, not under the chin, not above the head, no. A proper way is like this. He was able to demonstrate that. um, to us. We're sorry about the quality of the audio. This is part of what our new um, world now entails. Sometimes we just get it right totally, Sometimes it's not as good um, and clear as it was. But we will all just try to manage this and evolve with it until we get it better and then we're able to do so well with it. Thank you so, so much, Dr. Poweri. But I don't know if you're still here so that you could quickly take um, one or two questions um, that have been sent and then so that we can now um, release you. Dr. Pawai, are you still here?
4: Yes, I am. I'm with
2: all you. Right. Um, I hope the audio is
4: better.
6: apologize for that.
0: Okay, it's better now. Somebody just asked that why the increase in, in the, um, the rate of debt uh, because of the second wave? Is it because people are not implementing the control of um, the NDCC guidelines, is that, is that the reason why um, we have quite a lot of um, debt um, now in, in the country? Is that why this is uh, the situation now? So can you just briefly just tell us why, do, why the increase in the number of deaths now? Because what we have heard is that the second wave seems to be more severe than the first. Over to you, sir.
6: Thank you very much. So what we are seeing in the hospital is that there are two things, basically. One is that people are getting sicker than the first wave, you know. And, um, you know, people are getting sicker, and I think there are also more infections. You know, so in the first wave, we are admitting everybody, you know, regardless of whether you are sick or not. So we can have, there were times we had up to 90 patients on admission, But out of the 90 patients, more than 40, 50 of them were fine. They were just admitted because we wanted to prevent them from spreading the virus. But now, we have 10 patients. Those are 10 very sick patients. We are using sometimes up to 60 cylinders of oxygen every day. So, what is going on now is that we believe that, number one, the virus is a bit deadlier than the first one. Number two is that we have more people. The reality is that when you have a lot of cases, whether you like it or not, some people will fall through the cracks. And so we have a lot of cases. The hospitals are overwhelmed. Some people spend the whole day roaming around Lagos looking for somewhere to be admitted because there is no space. When that happens, somebody that's supposed to be admitted at 2 p.m. ends up getting admitted at 11 o'clock. Whether you like it or not, the, the time has gone. A lot of things will happen. That patient may not make it. So the virus is actually, we believe the virus is dead We know there's a deadly strain from the UK, a B117 strain. And we are sure that probably we have that strength to yeah. cure. So we are seen people sicker. A lot of people are also recovering, though. But a lot of people are also dying.
4: Thank you. Mm.
0: Thank you so much. But there is this new thing that is going on. I'm still going to take. It. I know you have to go to the isolation ward. Um, about steaming and every other thing now. Um, in, in the recent, we just less two weeks of steaming, two weeks of steaming. Does that help? People have gone on garlic. People have gone thank on you, ginger. You, you. It has even made ginger and garlic thank to be expensive. What do you, you, you know, about that?
6: You know, when, when issues like this happen, you can be sure that everybody will try and do what they can do. You know, there's a lot of panic out there. The challenge is that, uh, well, some things are harmless, more or less, and uh, ineffective. Some things are ineffective, but they are harmful. Those are the ones I'm worried about. And hey, if you want to steam, steam away. But it's not totally <laughs> Let's be clear. You know, my mother would call me from uh, my house. Now say, uh, almost, you know, if I could speak to you about, what is meaning that, eh, coronavirus does not have, a, it's not powerful. Just drink hot water and drink gold. Unfortunately, I have people that go only drink hot water, they will back to hot scan themselves, and then they go under the shower and open their announce, so that all the hot water can go inside in a bit to kill the virus. It will not work. So we have to be careful about a lot of things on social media. I always tell people. I know not I know someone that was bathing with bleach to kill COVID. All these things does not work.
0: So if you want to
6: steam, uh huh, you can steam. It, it makes you feel better. But just we, be got clear. Our
0: our we just popped our bubbles. because we've been steaming for two weeks now. We are going
6: ah, to no, steam no, be <laughs> continue steaming. It will give you better skin. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't
4: work. No.
0: Oh. Ah. I don't know, this information that you just gave us now, I don't know, it's just taking our consolation no, away. But no, thank you so many... much.
4: Yeah, thank you very much, man. Thank, thank you
0: so much. Yeah. So yeah. You have enlightened us and you have made it better. But what your word to the people out there? What, what would you say um, would help them to do better before we now go to the psychological part? What do you medical no, no, medically? No, I think, well,
6: I, I think, this is, so this is it. Well, uh, what I would tell you, um, COVID is a very difficult virus to control. That's the truth. Um, The masks help, but the masks don't prevent it 100%. What we try to tell people is that if you don't have to go, somewhere, please don't go. Look, I've seen people come in, bringing all the money and saying, don't worry, we'll pay. But you can't pay for what is not available. So I've seen money decreased in COVID. I've seen power decreased. People calling from everywhere, trying to get patients admitted, trying to get patients seen. You can't go beyond what the resources are. So don't think that your money or your power will save you if this thing comes.
5: Whatever we can do,
6: let's try and do it. Let's wear our masks. Let's stay safe. Let's keep from going to where we don't need to go. Let's minimize our activities. And let us pray that very soon the vaccine will get here and we'll be able to sort ourselves out. But in the meantime, please be careful. Your switch is not the funny place right now, I am telling you. I am telling you, uh, we all have to be careful and make sure we don't get COVID. This is not a good
4: time to be sick. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so, so much, Dr. Power. That's a very beautiful one. But you know, you just said something now. I have seen money disgraced. I have seen power it's great so it's not a function of oh i have money or i'm in high position i can deal with this and so please am please what we are talking about is real and that's why we have brought key experts who are working directly with these people here today so that we can be better informed to manage our lives. dr charles dumef let's let's go to you now i will still talk about the children oh that's a beautiful one my children has not returned back to school we will talk about that soon dr charles dumef, Please, what are the psychological tips? Dr. Powell has given us the medical. What are the psychological tips that we can put in place for the common man, not just the health professional now, the common man health care? What can we do? The fear is real. Our children have not gone back. I've not allowed mine to go back, that's the truth. They resumed on Monday, but they've not gone. And I don't know if they're going this week. So
2: what can we do?
4: Okay, thank you very much, Kenneth. Uh,
5: now, you, you understand the situation, Doctor Charles. Your
0: audio we is not so clear. We must
5: know what this COVID is,
4: because if you go round, if there is COVID.
2: Doctor Charles, your audio, your audio, your fluctuators, sir. Okay. Doctor Ogu- uh, Mr. Ogutade. Mr. Ogutade? Please do Mr.
0: Ogutade. We are sorry for this is not within our control. Yeah,
3: that's okay.
0: all, right. all right. Okay. So Mr. Ogutade, what what's your word on how people can stay safe? Um, with all that is going on. Like I said, my children hasn't gone back to school. So what, what, what's your word to us, everybody out there, especially here in Nigeria?
3: Okay, uh, very, very good question. <clears throat> Something that, uh, first thing that I will uh, uh, suggest is that uh, we all uh, need to adhere to the uh, the universal uh, precautions like social distancing, wearing a mask, maintaining a uh, proper hygiene, Uh, making sure that we wash our hands regularly, uh, keep away from where we don't necessarily need to go, only do what is important. Uh, And uh, when, like uh, the last uh, speaker uh, said, uh, uh, not just wearing the mask, we need to wear the mask uh, properly because there is no point in in putting, uh, covering our nose uh, with a mask and uh, we're just wasting our time preventing ourselves fresh air here when we are not doing it in the proper way. And more importantly, something that I would like to talk about is the self-care itself. Self-care is very, very important, not only just for our health provider, I think for the general public, and it will help us psychologically a lot. We need uh, to get a break uh, from uh, the overwhelming information we persistently receive every day on social media, on everywhere, and uh, we just need uh, to uh, re- reduce that exacerbation, uh, which can lead uh, to some anxiety uh, issues and uh, just uh, spiral into a negative, uh, a negative, a negative thought. Take time uh, to uh, to exercise, uh, look for something that is more important uh, to you, uh, and uh, find time to unwind focus on ourselves as a priority, instead of thinking of what could have happened and, uh, and what could have been, we should also uh, focus on the present. You can't control what is gonna to happen uh, tomorrow, just uh, remain in the present and uh, see how you can uh, walk uh, through that, uh, that uh, present uh, moment. And uh, this, uh, uh, many of these uh, will make a little uh, brighter uh, brighter day for us. Uh, you know. And within ourselves, uh, peer support is very important. We can encourage ourselves. Uh, we can uh, uh, give our colleagues the uh, support. Uh, and you don't really need to go into telling uh, gory stories about uh, somebody that died or somebody that that uh, couldn't uh, find an oxygen. We don't need to go into that. And uh, assuring our colleagues, uh, telling them their feeling is normal, that there will be anxiety, there will be all that. Uh, we don't need to be non-judgmental about the issues that happen or feeling negative all the time. And uh, like uh, and supporting a safe work environment is very important, and we can all uh, contribute to this. It's not. This is not a job of uh, the uh, the organization alone. The medical director is not the one that is going to pro. Uh, well, going to create a safe work environment alone. It has to be the responsibility of everyone. If you see something uh, going, if you see something, say something. If your colleague is doing something wrong, uh, there is no reason why we you shouldn't correct them. Say no, don't do it that way because. Covid is a leveler. Covid doesn't have a uh, like uh, what uh, the previous speaker said. Covid uh, doesn't uh, it uh, doesn't respect anyone. Uh, it, uh, it normalizes everything. If you're rich, if you're poor, if you do, uh, like uh, you can uh, you can uh, help uh, the situation. So please, it's very important that we do practice a safer practice and. Uh, Provide uh, uh, appropriate information. Share only appropriate information across uh, across uh, yeah, our colleagues and uh, even uh, to the people that we look after look after within uh, the community.
0: All right, thank you so much, Mr. Charles The What I've heard him say is the fact that uh, we don't have to exacerbate the fear. We don't need to increase it. Let's focus on the present. Let's not begin to look at or borrow tomorrow as a problem, but let's also visit sites where you can get adequate and correct information that would help you so that we know what's going on. And then we keep at it. And if we know that, yes, if you only visiting those sites will create fear in you, please then walk away from there. You can have time schedules when you would go and visit those sites and get the information you need and then you shut down. You don't need to follow all the news all the time, because that might also increase your fear and um, your level of anxiety. And as also said, self-care is important in all of those things. Let's focus on ourselves, let's take care of ourselves so that we can be old, even for the old ones too. Yes, even when they say on the lining and every other thing, Um Dr. Paweya told us in 91 Yes, was able to make it and um, you know, she is still alive, doing well today. I don't know if Charles O'Meara is back. Dr. Charles, are you back? Yes, I'm back. Can
5: you hear me right, now?
0: So, yeah, we can, sir. Let's have the okay. psychological tips from your hand,
5: sir. It's okay. And part of what uh, Mr. Charles said is pretty important to the psychological well-being of the general populace. That is the kind of information you have about this COVID. Now, there are so many things you can see on in the Internet, and that is what was triggering the anxiety and fear of an issue. And most of those things were inspired guesses they were not the true situation. So if you have to visit only the site, we have WHO sites, we have uh, NCDC sites where you can know the real information about COVID. Now, the other aspect of it is this, which we've not been able to deal with due to time, that is the need to improve our body immunity. And we know that stress is one of the factors that deplete your immunity. And we are stressed every day living in Lagos alone, okay? Now the first thing to that is identifying your stressors. By the time you identify your stressors, you manage your stressors, okay? And there are so many ways you can do this, which time might not permit me to go into. But the first thing is learn how to tame the demon in you that manifests as anger and aggression. It depletes your body immunity. The next one is the work overload. How many of us are beating much more than we can chew? Learn to prioritize. These are what I have to do. These are what I need to do. Don't put all your fingers in the mouth at the same time. Because it's only when you are alive today that you can function. Now, I also took, uh, want us to develop a healthy habit in terms of exercises, 30 minutes a day, organized physical exercise can go a long way. It might not necessarily be jogging. You can stay in your room and dance for 30 minutes and forget your throat before you get in, have your shower and go to work. That will go a long way in help you. And another one that people tend to ignore, which we consider in positive psychology, is how do you address your colleagues? Anybody you see, if you say well to anybody, you yeah, enriching your soul as well when you see anybody please feel free to acknowledge the person pretty well by the time you do it to 10 percent it hasn't living your mood for the day and i don't think the stress will hit you that much there are other several methods we can cope with the pandemic so those are just Thank a little
0: Thank you so much. You know, I, I love the fact that you said, just tame the demon within. And you know that as a matter of fact, there are lots of people going around with so much anger and aggression now. The level of anger and aggression out there is so much. You know, people will just come at you for no reason. You would think you are the one that asked COVID to come to Nigeria. And, you know, they're just playing, passing on their frustration. And if you're not careful enough, you will pick up the frustration that they have passed on you and you pass it on to the other. And then it becomes a chain of reaction that you may not be able to manage. Please, let's just look at all of these presenters that told us today. And let's learn how to safeguard ourselves. One major fact that we're going to take away from here is the fact that the second wave is real. Nobody is trying to cajole or make a name out of this. Um, Dr. Power said, I have seen money is great. I have seen power. Disgrace, And that's the fact and that's the truth. Yes, again, quite a lot of things are not um, so going on right even in our country, we know that. But everyone has to take a responsibility for themselves. If the government is not providing the facility, if the organization is not providing the resources that you need, please do as much as for yourself to make sure that you take care of yourself. Do what you can within your own power to safeguard yourself, to ensure that yes, you are protected from all of of this thing. And um, we don't want to go into the issue of the vaccine. We may come back sometimes later to talk about it. But what we just want to focus on today is about um, the frontline workers, what the experiences have been and what the psychological things are. Sometimes later in the course of um, the year, we will still talk about the vaccine. And um, when we have all the information that we need and then we have key experts that will talk to us about it. But I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Dennis, and quite a lot of other things. Um, quite a lot of people are here on this call, people that had come in repeatedly and to just join us. Uh, honestly, we just appreciate you. I will keep saying thank you, thank you for being a part of it. But please, to make this wonderful for us in Yabo Voice, always like and share our pages. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram. Any comment, anything from Yabo Voice, just please share like make comment that makes us more visible to people and allows a lot of people also to benefit from us. Next more by the grace of God, we'll also be looking at the issue of emotional health of the child, how to do identification and what are those things that we need to do because all of these things that we're talking about too, it's affecting them, there's a change in the world that is also taking a toll on these children, And so we must be able to learn how to manage them and how to better safeguard the life of our children. Um, I don't know if my medical director has a last word for us the medical
1: director, the last word, Ma. Thank you very much, Femi, for being a very good moderator. And uh, mm-hmm. permit me to say thank you, uh, Adewolu. Thank you, Baba, for being here. Thank you for the support, Professor Eileen. This um, is Lati Sema, Thank you. And everybody that is present there, are those who can see and those who do not see, thank you for the support you are giving to your voice. Thank you very much. Next month promises to be another day when we'll be talking about the emotional uh, emotions of the child, thank you so much,
0: thank you so much once again for being part of this program please always oh, just. Send out information about this to anyone anytime. Soon. We have a video online currently now, and that video is more about the COVID 19 and people's reaction. Please just share, let people benefit. That's what we are trying to do here. Until we come your way again next time, please stay safe, use your nose mask correctly, and do all that is in your power to ensure that we live a healthy life this year. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks to our presenter. Bye.
4: Good afternoon, everyone.
0: It's a pleasure having pleasure us here. Join us on this webinar today. Happy New Year. And um, it's not too late to say yes that we are grateful to be here. All right, so good day, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you're joining us from. It's a pleasure to welcome us to yet another webinar of the Yabu Voice. Um, the Yabu Voice is the official online voice of the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital that aims at providing quality mental health information to the public. And it's also, like I said, earlier the year to say compliment of the season to everyone. Uh, we're grateful that yet again we're here in the year 2021. Um, 2020 looked like a very long year. Um, It came with the pandemic, came with the protests and quite a lot of issues um, ravaged that year. But yes, like I said, we are grateful to be here. We're grateful that you're also joining us on this webinar once again. So it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Denise, yes, thank you. So many people have said, Happy New Year and good day to us. So we're happy to see you here today. Um, yes, um, today we'll be continuing with something that um, started in the year 2020, uh, it just lingered, it lingered throughout the year and then it also has continued um, again even to the year 2021 and we're talking about the COVID-19. Um, it's going to form the bulk of our discussion today. But to welcome us formally and officially to this webinar, the first in the year 2021, is the medical director of the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital and also the chief host of the Yabo Voice webinar, Dr. Oluyemi
1: Ogun. Over to you, ma'am. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are all over the world. I'm happy to welcome you to this webinar, the first in the year 2021. And I say happy new year to each and every one of us. Today we are talking about second wave of COVID-19, the frontline workers' experiences and psychological faith. And let me remind you that <coughs> On 17 December, 2020, Nigeria recorded 1,145 new cases of COVID-19 in one day. This was far more than what was earlier on recorded, And this led to the presidential task force on COVID-19 to announce that Nigeria had entered the second wave of COVID-19 infection. And this led to measures like warning religious organizations against mass gathering at that time of the year, advices not to travel for Christmas celebrations and other measures to curb the increase. What is known is that this second wave is far more dangerous than the first one. Reports from hospitals across the country show that more patients need oxygen and more bed spaces are needed than in the first wave. Nigeria has lost many high flyers in the society to COVID nineteen, as it has also lost others that are not regarded as softly, but who oh, were wow, and are still very important to their families. The God in its infinite message grants each of our compatriots eternal rest the coronavirus pandemic started early in 2020, experts wondered if there will be waves of cases, a pattern that was seen in other virus pandemics. It was later realized that the decline in infection rate that was noticed earlier on had been erased and that what was being observed was a higher increase in the number of cases. And this was not peculiar to Nigeria alone. It's all over the world. Because of the second wave has been largely blamed on human behavior, the federal government, states, local governments, and individuals differ in their responses to the pandemic. Some follow the COVID-19 precautions, such as physical distancing, hand washing, and wearing face masks. Others do not follow these procedures, or strict certain high-risk activities like our O-U-A-M-E passes. While COVID-19 precautions were enforced in some places, others believe it is a matter of personal choice. So what is our collective experience about this second wave of COVID-19? Especially the experiences of people that manage the sequence. Those who have seen people who fought COVID-19 and won the battle and also say those who are not so lucky. We call them the frontline workers. They are those at the battle, COVID-19 battle phase. To share their experiences with us as three experts. The first person, Dr. Charles Umeh is a noble of the hospital and a friend. He's a senior lecturer and clinical psychologist at the Lagos University Teaching Hospital. He has been involved in psychological treatment of people with infectious diseases like Ebola, and currently is the deputy head of the Lagos State Psychosocial Response Team for COVID-19. The Second speaker is Dr. Oparawe. He's a senior registrar in the infectious diseases unit of uh, Lagos University Teaching Hospital. He is the PRO of the Nigeria Infectious Diseases Society. He has extensive Experience in outbreak responses, having been part of Ebola, Lassa, and Yellow Fever responses in Nigeria, is currently the infection Prevention and Control Team lead in Lagos COVID-19 response. It teaches and promotes non-pharmacological interventions of infectious diseases in all the sectors of society. He has set up and monitor isolation centers. He has trained thousands of individuals on infection structures across various sectors such as health workers, oil and gas, airlines, hospitality, and schools. He has managed hundreds of COVID-19 patients in various isolation centers. The first person is Mr. Charles Ogutady, who is a registered nurse and a registered psychiatric nurse. He's a Yaba boy. Having left Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital here by Lagos as a nursing officer, relocated to Australia where he had a Master of Science degree. He's now a credentialed mental health Nurse at the Government Valley F, Victoria, Australia. He leads a team of clinicians that work in the front line, where their role is to provide clinical screening and assessment at the emergency department. Ladies and gentlemen, beers at all. Please relax and listen to our expert as I hand you over to our moderator Mrs. Oluwapemi Akisotese. Thank you very much. Thank you so much
0: ma'am. The medical director would wet the ground and your appetite would just be overflowing. And um you know, what we're looking at might look very trivial. So the normal man out there, they don't even believe that COVID-19 is in existence. Not to even talk of the second wave. And this is quite challenging to our world because that means the precaution and everything that we should take uh, will not be faking. All right. So now we would also go on. We have just one hour to do this. And we will try as much as possible possible to maximize the time so that we get adequate benefits and information that would help enrich our lives. Um, Dr. Opawaye is here from Luz, who is going to share with us, first of all, what COVID-19 is. The layman doesn't understand. Is it in the blood? Is it, is it, what is it about? What are the symptoms? You have had first-line experience with people who have had this virus. So
2: what is it that we need to know about the COVID-19 in itself? Thank you, sir. Doctor Power, please unmute yourself. A signal has been sent to your phone. Can you see, Doctor Power? Okay. While we wait for him to come back, uh, please let us
0: know, sir, when you uh, reconnect back to us. Let's go to Mr. Charles Oguncari. Um, Mr. Charles Ogunchadeh, like you said, but the medical director is um, outside this country. And so um, we want to hear what's been happening out there. What are his experiences? What have you seen? And especially with the second wave, um, and what do you do differently? Maybe we'll also take a cue from that and be able to also prevent and also preserve ourselves. All right, so Mr. Charles Ogunchadeh, please let's have you.
3: Yeah uh <clears throat> good morning or good afternoon everyone uh i'm so glad uh, to be here today uh it is uh, 11 minutes after 10 p.m in australia and it should be uh, 11 minutes after 12 noon uh, in nigeria i believe uh it's so glad uh, i'm really so glad uh, to see uh, a lot of uh, names on the list uh, people that people put us next uh, before, many years ago, I left uh, Yaval in 2005, and uh, I could even uh, see people that have left uh, before me, that I still catch up with them around the globe. I can see Mr. Yakin uh, on the on the screen uh, there. You're welcome. It's uh, someone that I uh, really cherish so much. So uh, without saying uh, so much, uh, I'm so glad to be here. So we'll be talking about uh, uh, COVID-19. Uh, it has been a, a, a uh, information. It has been a big a news uh, all over the world in the last uh, one year now. And uh, I always uh, tell people, it is COVID-19 is one uh, pandemic that has humbled uh, the whole world. And uh, when it's all uh, started, we uh, thought it's something that's just gonna be uh, for a short while, and then we'll move on. And but then here we are, it's still with us. Uh, <clears throat> I uh, like I just going to uh, talk uh, mainly about uh, the experience uh, here uh, in uh, Australia. If uh, uh, initially I. Was thinking that I'm going to share a a slide, but uh, then I decided not to do that since I've only just got uh, seven minutes to uh, to talk. Uh, We recorded uh, the first case in Australia around uh, mid February in uh, mid February in 2020. And uh, and this uh, came uh, from uh, some uh, cruise uh, ship uh, that came uh, from Europe and uh, landed in New South Wales, Sydney Arbor, and uh, uh, it was really Mm -hmm. mismanaged. It was a real debacle, and since then, uh, uh, the case, uh, we've been having uh, one case or the other, then we have a a community transmission, and things started spreading uh, from there. And uh, some state uh, manages uh, manages very well. Uh, I think uh, my state in Victoria was uh, the most uh, hit in terms of uh, the first wave and uh, and uh, the second wave. As of today, Australia has a total case of uh, 28,721. Out of uh, those uh, yeah, cases, uh, they've recorded the recovery of uh, 25,919 people and a total debt of uh, 909 <clears throat> and when you look at this figure and like you compare it to what is happening in uh, Europe uh, across uh, Europe in uh, North America and even in uh, uh, Southeast Asia you agree with me that is a very uh, small number uh, but nevertheless uh, one debt is just uh, too many uh what would have uh, be uh, a good news for everybody is not uh, to record any debt at all and uh, uh, we, and when you look at this uh, figure, in uh, the when we had uh, the first wave of uh, COVID-19, Australia has a total death of uh, 27 for that uh, first wave. And by May June, we uh, had a period of uh, days, uh, weeks of uh, uh, zero transmission, zero community transmission, and by July we entered into the second wave and when you now look at this uh, figure now we have a total death of uh, 909 the second uh, wave uh, came uh, with a serious uh, bang everybody was really everybody really felt it and uh, the death rate uh, jumped from uh, 27 uh, to 909 uh, you can see how how how, how bad it is and uh the ways uh, that uh, the uh, the uh uh state the national level at the state level at uh, the local level they just have uh, to uh, seriously collaborate together and see how best to uh, to manage these and the first thing uh, which is uh, universal is uh, the social distancing that is very common uh, everywhere they maintain everybody maintain a social distancing they recognise uh, services that could be uh, run uh, from home. The most uh, yeah, services have to shut down. Uh, They're running their their services from home. Uh, are, yeah, when when you look at uh, this, it could be easier for a government to run the uh, services that uh, people will still get paid. But how do you manage uh, individuals uh, that uh, run their home business, the sole traders and all that? But what the government did was that uh, they organised uh, what they call a job keeper. And which they allow the uh, sole traders uh, to let go of their staff and allow them to work from home, but at the same time continue to pay them the salary. And the government is paying the salary, uh, making sure that uh, people are getting paid. They're still in a good, their normal wage, whatever they're handing it before before they leave. And then you now bring uh, uh, that uh, to the uh, the restriction. They identify the areas that are hotspots and, uh, and it was uh, divided into a red zone and a green zone. In the red zone, they isolate them there. They cannot uh, travel more than five kilometer radius uh, uh, around uh, where they live. And it's so easy uh, to do that people cannot even flatter the other. There is a uh, police everywhere. There is heavy fine. If you move uh, beyond your zone, you get a fine of uh, $1,500 on the spot. And you can imagine when you when you cop that uh, fine it uh, twice uh, you will be forced uh, to uh, to to uh, you will be forced uh, to comply with the rules. They uh, restrict uh, yeah, people uh, gathering in larger number in uh, houses. Uh, you cannot invite uh, any non-members of your ha- of your house uh, into into your house. And the police are doing a spot check at every interval. And even uh, your neighbours uh, will ring the police and dub you in. And let the police know that we're hearing a lot of noise in the next door, and the police will come around and they'll find everybody in there. By the time they meet maybe 10, 15 of you in the house and they find you, they find you uh, uh, 1,500 each. next time you will not do that. And when you now bring it into the hospital setting, it was really so managed that there is every hospital, there is just only one entry. Nobody comes into the hospital without being checked. You have uh, your screening. You have your your you have your temperature check on every either the staff or the patient that comes into the hospital. Everybody gets checked before they enter into the hospital setting and that, And this uh, this uh, uh check uh this check happens 24/7. Uh, if you come into the hospital at 2 a.m. in the morning, you will still find people there that will check you and give you a tag and allow you to go into the hospital. And the government had developed an app they call it a COVID app. Which uh, once you download the app on your phone, you just need to have the Bluetooth of your phone on. The, if uh, there is an, any outbreak anywhere, they were able uh, to to track everybody that I've had contacted to that person that has uh, that, that that has uh, the outbreak because uh, it's going to put pick a Bluetooth uh, sensor uh, wherever you go, and they can you can just ring you and said look. Uh, where uh, you've been uh, in so so place that uh, we can pick uh, your your Bluetooth uh, uh, a harper uh, there, and uh, they will uh, tell you to self isolate that there's been uh, someone uh, that has been uh, confirmed COVID uh, positive uh, places where you've been, so that is been managed. And when you now come into the health setting, people that work within the health industry they have to give us a special uh, consideration when you when you come down with a symptom or you have a contact. Uh, with a uh, COVID, a positive person, when you don't have uh, the proper protective uh, gear on, you get tested and your result uh, comes back uh, within five hours. Even though the other people, their result might not be back until after two days, but they prioritize the uh, people in the health setting. Your result is back uh, within five hours. And then while you are waiting the result, they take you off the line. They take you off oh, the you line until it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I know you have so much information, but we still have two other key professionals too that we want to hear from. You have given yeah. us loads and loads of information. Thank you so much. Please just still hold the thought because we're still coming yeah. back to you with lots of yeah. questions. But what I've heard you said is the fact that the second wave is real, one. Yep. But Absolutely. Then there, are, there are also measures that have been put in place to ensure that people stay safe. With, yeah. Even with the increase, um, I, I hear you say the number of deaths has um, gone to about 909,000 which is 909,
4: 909,
0: 909, not 909. Okay, 909 now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's also significant. And then people also take responsibility. And so when there are noises or anything that um, makes people to violate, you can also tell on your neighbor. So that ensures that everybody stay protected and safe. Yeah. I've heard you say that. So thank you. We'll still come back to you. Um, Dr. Kauwoye is here on the line. Dr. Kauwoye,
2: can I hear you please? All right. Just click the, on mute. Things that have been sent to you?
4: Dr. Chloe? Yes. All right. Yes.
0: Yes. Over to you, sir. Let's hear your thoughts on what COVID is and yes, we are
2: hearing you. Hello? All right. All right. So please go on, sir. Hello?
0: We can hear you, Dr. Power. Please go on. Go ahead. Hello? Bye bye. Sorry, this is technology, this is part of um what I water state, into, so please just bear with us. Doctor Power, we can hear you. We are hearing your voice here. Huh? I think it's just network from his hand. Uh oh, we're so sorry about that. I think it's even frozen now. Doctor Charles, I I hope you're here and ready. I want to apologize for these technicalities. Um it's just something beyond our control. And part of the message we sent out on um, Yabo Voice yesterday is the fact that we have to just focus on the things that we can control. So we'll just do our beats and just allow the others to stay back. All right, Dr. Charles Zube, are you here?
4: Uh, yes, I'm here.
0: All right, so um, we're going to take you now, and then maybe we'll still be able to come back to Dr. Power here subsequently. Um, Yes, you had worked with COVID-19. I know that you worked with quite a lot of other infectious cases, but significantly, what have been your experiences um, working with COVID-19? Both patients, even both health workers, people who were on the front line, and then what psychological tips um, do you think will be applicable to us even in, in times like this? Let's hear from you, sir.
5: Okay, uh, thank you, uh, Kemi, for this opportunity and for the MD for inviting me. Um, I'm also using this opportunity uh, to thank the ever voice for the good work that people are doing and, and informing people on the current uh, pandemic we are in, especially with the upsurge and the second wave issues. Now, if I go back a bit to history, studies prove that previous infectious disease caused long-term and persistent psychopathological consequences to the society. For example, during uh, uh, and after the severe acute respiratory syndrome outbreak in 2003, a lot of mental health issues have psychological consequences were reported across but most especially among healthcare providers or frontline healthcare professionals. Factors such as uh, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder were identified. This was also the same during the Middle East respiratory syndrome outbreak. And similar symptoms of anxiety, fear, panic were also reported. And that is not too far away from what was experienced during the Covid pandemic of twenty nineteen now, going by my experience, especially with the Covid issue, fortunately, unfortunately, I was one of the first persons that had contact with the in this case. We all remembered when they said he was having depression, he was trying to run away. So, that called for me to have an interaction with a colleague, with him. And he down on us that he was having adjustment issues. And that is part of the experience people who come down with this virus had. And if you look at the onset of this virus, people were thrown into the dark world of uncertainty because nobody understood the nature of this virus. And the information the treatment guidelines were not there, and it took intervention for people to begin to come up with different guidelines based on what is available to us and You could also remember that during this period, there were so many information regarding this thereby causing fear and anxiety to the populace. Now, in order to stem the, this virus from spreading to wide, the government of several countries imposed certain uh, procedures or guidelines that triggered even more uh, psychological problems. For instance, we knew how most states were locked down. We knew how social distancing came to be. And you know that human beings are social animals. When you stop them from interacting, it's going to cause a lot of emotional problems. And that was what we faced during this period. Now, schools were shut down. The impact to individuals, families, emotionally became very wide because it led to so many psychological problems, uh, which I might not want to go into detail because I have very limited time. My focus today is on the frontline health care professionals. They were really impacted by this lockdown. Remember I said earlier that there were no proper treatment guidelines. There were no enough information for base. Meanwhile, the cases were on the rise. That was the first phase. Now, this second wave has even brought more issues in terms of the rate of death and the number of patients or the spread getting more and more now what happened to the front liners emotionally psychologically at this stage all right and we if you remember during the first phase we had a lot of issues coming from not knowing what to do or no proper guideline then the issue of increased workload okay brought about so many issues like emotional exhaustion anger irritability Especially when you don't have the resources to work with. We know the shortage of PPE, all these things, and then not knowing exactly what to do based on the treatment guidelines. This led to oh, all we might consider burnout. But the components of burnout most workers experience that we have to manage them were emotional exhaustion. Okay? And some of them also suffer from depersonalization. Apart from what we talked about, pathophobia, that is fear of contracting the virus and infecting your family with we'll it. These were all rife among the healthcare providers. Now, with increased number of cases and the increased number of deaths due to the second wave, the stress level is now on the high. Now, anxiety level is now on the high among these healthcare providers. suspicion, avoidance, and probably the uncertainty and powerlessness due to what is expected from the government to deal with this issue and the shortage of all the necessary manpowers to deal with increasing it brings much, especially to the level of burnout, these healthcare workers experience. Now, I can go on and on, ruling some of the negative consequences of this increased rate in the virus um, impact. But how can we deal with some of these things, especially the stress level, the anxiety, the emotional exhaustion that is associated with burnout? Now, let's go back to our, our experience during the first phase where we have to manage a lot of um, healthcare providers in our psychosocial support team. Now, we organize sessions like debriefing sessions where they have to come together, talk about their experiences. Now, remember, part of those experiences were trauma-based. There are three, a patient you are managing or talking with today. The next moment the patient is gone compassion fatigue were there, then we have to create a forum where they have to ventilate, talk about those experiences, talk about the difficulties they had. Okay. And now apart from that, remember the tension that comes with anxiety. We have to organize relaxation exercises. Because we know that tension and realization cannot go occur they can happen together. And there are so many ways people can relax under a tense atmosphere, which are very practical to us. For instance, deep breathing exercises can go a long way in helping people who are under this level of tension to relax, especially when they're going through acute stress disorder. Now, apart from that, there are so many other ways these people who are frontliners can relax. One of them is like creating opportunity for them to go on break. While they're on this break, they engage in activities that relax them and take their mind away from the tension they have in the field.
1: Simple things
5: like dancing, exercises can go a long way in helping. In some other cases, when the level of distress is high, there is need, for you to see, or for them to see a clinical psychology, okay, for a debriefing session or or for a desensitization program. Now, we also talked about technical treatment approaches like cognitive behavioral therapy that can be employed because most of what causes this problem is our interpretation of the situation. Because inasmuch as so many people will be affected by the same situation, some other persons might tend to cope better than others, and that is where, apart from tip you will bring into bear the personality characteristics of some of these healthcare workers. Are you in the right profession? Because some people who cope better with this kind of uh, health distress or crisis are people who have some attributes of resilience, people who are altruistic, okay, who have compassion for other persons. It doesn't matter whether their life is at stake. But I'm not saying that people should throw their lives to the gallows in order to save somebody's life. And that is where the professional competency of healthcare providers come in. And it can go a long way in helping them deal with the situation. How does that work? Training and retraining. Like when we started initially, it was difficult maintaining contact with anybody until, because there were information that the virus flies in the air and people can easily get, uh, get it from contacts, until we started understanding the modus operandi of this virus, that it cannot travel, in, it can only get it in the air and it's suspended and it cannot go beyond two meters from distance. And I, I guess that was what helped me and my colleague when we made the phase, the index case. Because we have to see him in the open and we maintain six, uh, feet distance during the interaction. And good enough, we never get infected by it. So, when you have the right information, it goes a long way in reducing the tension that will come from the condition. And as healthcare providers, it's of utmost importance that we be updated every time as the situation changes, because it can go a long way in reducing the panic and tension that can come. I can the see Kemi is willing
0: to stop me. All right,
4: <laughs> thank, thank you. so you. much.
0: I know you can go <laughs> on and on and on and on. Uh, but thank you so much for um, that information. You know, you said something very vital now. When the information came that it was just in the hair, that was when real panic for quite a a lot of us because we felt that means we can't even go out. We can't. But at a point in time when we now got the right information that yes, it's not on the hair and when you use your mask, you stay two meters away from people, then the chances of contracting it's, Limited, and you know that also gave us the confidence and um, the boldness to be able to just move out and deal with what we had to deal with. Thank you so so much. We're going to come back to you because before we go, I us to be able to give a general populace out there too, uh, what they can do, especially with the second wave. What can they do? How can they better manage themselves psychologically? So we'll come back um, to ask you that. But um, let's see if um, Dr. Power are you back now?
6: Yes, I am back.
0: All right, good. All right, so let's hear from Dr. Power. We have questions on the um, chat first. We will take them. Please, let's leave our comments and questions there. But let's hear from Dr. Power. Please, over to you, sir.
6: Okay, thank you very much. So sorry for the um, uh, technical issues uh, we've been having. Uh, Right now, the isolation board, I'm just about to go to the ICU to see some patients. So we are in the front of the front line, not just the front line, we are in the front. I and mean, uh, the very front, we bear the brunt of this uh, virus. And uh, Dr. Ume has alluded to so many things that it's actually taking it's toll on us. I have um, some of my co workers who are sick with the virus. Some of them, even their families, are also sick. And so it's not as if we are supermen or we are virus. uh, We are just trying to do it because somebody has to do jump. So um, this is something people are they need to understand. It's not easy on us, but we have to work for you. So please, any way you can help us, we'd appreciate that. So thank you very much. I give it on to the people who have spoken ahead of me. Mr. Tassel, Grotade, all the way from uh, Australia. Thank you for sharing the Australian experience. And also Dr. Charles, who worked closely. And um, you can, we can all tell you stories of what uh, we have said with COVID. Uh, basically, uh, over the next very short time, really, I was talking about uh, what COVID is all about. So it's a virus, you know, SARS COVID-2. And it was called COVID-19 because it was uh, first discovered in December 2019. So the virus is just about a year old now, but it has been very devastating. Uh And uh, today, we discussed uh, almost 100 million cases worldwide with more than 2 million deaths. And uh, in Nigeria, we have about around hundred and four thousand cases, as of uh, yesterday night. I always tell people that the true number of infections in Nigeria may actually be 10 times that number because a lot of people are not tested. And so we don't really have a true picture. Also, that the number of deaths in Nigeria is actually maybe quite higher than what has been recorded. So it can vary, And uh, it's very, very important for us to understand how the virus spreads. How do you spread? How does COVID spread? So it spreads from one person to another. Uh, when you, uh, it's in the respiratory droplets. And so when it talks, talks of things, it moves, and then uh, it goes out through those droplets, which many of the times you cannot see that, and then gets on another person when the person failed. And that's the whole science behind the use of masks. And that's where wearing masks is extremely important in trying to curb the spread of COVID-19, because uh, when you wear the mask, you block your droplets from coming out, and also the other person's all droplets the staying. So that's why. Um that's very, very crucial. So uh what are the signs that up of COVID? So that's the challenge now with COVID that right? it looks a lot like malaria sometimes, uh, because a lot of patients will start fever. So they will have fever. Uh it could have uh, some patients will have headaches, some will have a cough, some would have sore throat, some would have bloody nose, some would have loss of smell and uh, loss of taste or alteration in taste. I like the loss of smell because not many conditions present like that. So I tell people, every time you have loss of smell, don't bother. Don't go to the lab. Just go and admit yourself in the isolation center or go and isolate yourself at home because it's definitely most likely have COVID. You know, I've had patients who discovered their, they, their, they have lost their sense of smell when they are in the palace, And, you know, they just cannot smell anything. Or when they apply perfume for a or something in the kitchen. Some people that taste goes away totally. They can taste food taste like of, Or food tastes like, you know, like some people, they just have bitter taste. Or everything will just become salt. That's how they start suspecting that they are cold. Uh, the ones that are serious are the ones that have difficulty in breathing. And the problem with COVID is that the difficulty in breathing may not be that apparent. It may just be looking like there's nothing going on, and then the thing has gone far inside the body you know, for the people that have difficulty. So some people, too, are asymptomatic. They don't have any symptoms at all. It's only when you go to the lab test that you find it. The challenge is that even those that are
4: asymptomatic can still spread not as effective as others. And that is why everybody okay.
6: And that's all. For some other people, they will be very
4: very sick. The challenge in COVID, ladies and gentlemen, is that there is no reliable way to know the person that will be very
2: sick.
6: Oh the network is Dr. And the that will oh, be okay, your Back. So I've lost a thirty seven I've lost a thirty seven year old. I've lost 2 two thirty year old. I've lost a thirty nine year old lady who was pregnant. I've also lost 82-year-old, 83-year-old. So there is no way to predict. The reality is that some people will be very sick, and some people will fine. I've treated a 94 year 91-year-old woman, who did not have any symptoms. And I've lost a 19-year-old girl from this same COVID. So and that is why we all have to be very, very careful. And that is why. I will talk about wearing masks. Unfortunately, a lot of people are not very good with the way they wear their masks. You know, they wear it over their nose or they wear it and bring it to their chin and all sorts of um, things. When you wear your mask, you must make sure that your nose and your mouth are covered like this. You understand, it's not wear a mask like this. Okay? Or some people wear it like this. Hmm? Let me do
4: those things here. Or some people, let me get here. Hmm? Or some people, they put it like this. I have seen people do this. And once we don't advise the this. all these are
6: not how we know where the money is. They don't help in the control of COVID-19. COVID is very, very And this is a way to work Now we have people
4: who are very sick. Sometimes
6: there have entire families of isolation. We have had families, where have husband dying, or the wife is very sick. We have some families, everybody. And so we have to all take responsibility in slowing down and try to stop this. Otherwise, if we are not caring, we are going to get to the state they are outside the country. In the US, 3,000 people are dying every day. That is a lot.
4: And else is there for the There is no oxygen. I told you, there's no oxygen. Count as counties are tested, everybody's just trying to find people. Take uh,
6: care of our and trying to do what we can to stop all virus. viruses. I think I'm going to uh, stop here, so that uh, because I know we don't have. I think I'm going to stop here I don't have much time, so I think I'll need to leave
0: it like that. All right, we're sorry, um, Dr. Power's audio wasn't very good, but then if you listen to him, um, he was able to tell us the fact that, yes, one of the most important symptoms you will see is headache, sore throat, loss of smell, that's what it is for a lot of people. And that is one of the distinguishing factor or symptoms that helps you to know that yes, this is COVID. From what he said, he said once that occur, then know that no doubt about it, we are talking about um, the COVID. And it also comes with breathlessness, um, and difficulties in breathing. But he also has said that there are some people too that doesn't even have symptoms. Uh, he has said he, he, he saw or managed a woman who was 91 year old. And who didn't have a symptom? She was asymptomatic. And a girl of 19 who also came down with this um, illness and died as a result of it. And he also showed us how to use uh, the mask, not under the chin, not above the head, no. A proper way is like this. He was able to demonstrate that um, to us. We're sorry about the quality of the audio. This is part of what our new um, world now entails. Sometimes we just get it right totally sometimes it's not as good um, and clear as it was, but we will all just try to manage this and evolve with it until we get it better and then we're able to do so well with it. Thank you so, so much, Dr. Pauwoi. But I don't know if you're still here so that you could quickly take um, one or two questions um, that have been sent and then so that we can now um, release you. Dr. Pauwoi, are you still here?
4: Yes,
6: I am. i with
0: is better.
6: apologize for that. Yes.
0: Okay, it's better now. Somebody just asked that why the increase in, in the, um, the rate of debt uh, because of the second wave. Is it because people are not implementing the control, um, the NDCC guidelines? Is that, is that the reason why um, we have quite a lot of um, debt um, now in, in the country? Is that why this is? Uh, the situation now. So, can you just briefly just tell us why, do, why the increase in the number of deaths now? Because what we have heard is that the second wave seems to be more severe than the first. Over to you, sir.
6: Thank you very much. So, what we are seeing in the hospital is that there are two things basically. One is that people are getting sicker than the first wave, you know, and, um, you know, people are getting sicker, and I think there are also more infections, you know. So, in the first wave, we are admitting everybody you know, regardless of whether you were sick or not. So we can have, there were times we had up to 90 patients on admission, but out of the 90 patients, 140, 40, 50 of them were fine. They were just admitted because we wanted to prevent them from spreading the virus. But now, we have 10 patients, those are 10 very sick patients. We are using sometimes up to 60 litres of oxygen every day. So what is going on now is that we believe that, number one, the virus is a bit deadlier than the first one. Number two is that we have more people. The reality is that when you have a lot of cases, whether you like it or not, some people will fall through the cracks. And so we have a lot of cases, the hospitals are overwhelmed. Some people spend the whole day roaming around Lagos looking for somewhere to be admitted because there is no space. When that happens, somebody that's supposed to be admitted at 2 p.m. ends up getting admitted at 11 o'clock, whether you like it or not, The, the time has gone, a lot of things will happen, that patient may not make it. So the virus is. Actually, we believe the virus is dead We know there is a deadly strain from the UK, the 117 strain, and we are sure that probably we have that strain too here. Yeah. So I see people sicker. A lot of people are also though, but a lot of people are also dying. Thank you. Mm.
0: Thank you so much. But there's this new thing that is going on. I'm still going to take you. I know you have to go to the isolation one. Um About steaming and every other thing now. Um, in, in the recent we just less two weeks of steaming, two weeks of steaming, does that help? People have gone on garlic. People have gone take, on ginger. Take, take, take. It has even made ginger and garlic to expensive. What
6: do you about that? You know, you know when, when issues like this happen, because be sure that everybody will try and do what they can do. You know, there's a lot of panic out there. The challenge is that, uh, well, some things are harmless, more or less, and uh, ineffective. Some things are ineffective, but they are harmful. Those are the ones I'm worried about. And hey, if you want to steam, steam away. It but it's not the welcome. <laughs> Let's be clear. You know, my mother would call me from uh, my house. Now, uh, almost, you know, if I could speak to you about meaning that uh, coronavirus does not have it, uh, it's not powerful. Just drink hot water go. Unfortunately, I have people that go only drink hot they will back to hot scan themselves, and then they go the and open their mouth. So that all the that can go inside in a bit to kill the virus. It will not work. So we have to be careful about a lot of things on social media. I always tell people, I know somebody that was battling with bleach to kill COVID. All these things does not work. So if you want to steam, uh-huh, you can steam. It, it makes you feel better. We just popped
0: our bubbles because we've been steaming for two weeks now. We are going
6: I'm to so steam. <laughs> But did
0: you see me? It giving better <laughs> okay. so it doesn't
6: work,
0: okay. no. Oh. Oh. Ah, I don't know. This information that you just gave us now, I don't know, it's just taking our consolation so, away. But thank you many so many. much. Yeah,
4: thank you very much, man. Thank, thank you
0: so, you so yeah. much. So let's, yeah. you have enlightened us and you have made it better. But what your words to the people out there? What, what would you say um, would help them to do better before we now go to the psychological part? What do you oh, feel no, medically? Think, well...
6: I, I think you see. So this is it. Uh, well, what I would tell you, um, COVID is a very difficult virus to control. That's the truth. Um, the masks help, but the masks don't prevent it hundred percent. What we try to tell people is that if you don't have to go somewhere, please don't go. Look, I've seen people come in, bringing all the money and saying, "Don't worry, we will pay." But you can't pay for what is not available. So I've seen money decreased in COVID. I've seen power decrease. People calling from everywhere trying to get patients admitted, trying to get patients seen. You can't go beyond what the resources are. So don't think that your money or your power will save you if this thing comes.
0: Whatever we can do,
6: let's try and do it. Let's wear our masks. Let's stay safe. Let's keep from going to where we don't need to go. Let's minimize our activities. And let us pray that very soon the vaccine we get here And we'll be able to sort ourselves out. But in the meantime, please be careful. Your speech is not a funny place right now. I am telling you. I am telling you. uh, We all have to be careful and make sure we don't get COVID. This is not a good time to be sick. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so, so much, Dr. Power. That's a very beautiful one. But you know, you just said something now. I have seen money disgraced, I have seen power it's great so it's not a function of oh i have money or i'm in high precision i can deal with this and so please and please what we are talking about is real and that's why we have brought key experts who are working directly with these people here today so that we can be better informed to manage our life dr charles Dumas, let's let's go to you now i will still talk about the children oh that's a beautiful one my children have not returned back to school we will talk about that soon dr charles dumef what are the psychological tips? Dr. Power has given us the medical. What are the psychological tips that we can put in place for the common man, not just the health professional now, the common man how fair? What can we do? The fear is real. Our children have not gone back. I've not allowed mine to go back. That's the truth. They resumed on
2: Monday, but they've not gone. And I don't know if they're going this week. So what can we do?
4: Okay, thank you very much, Kenneth. Uh, now, we,
5: you you handle this situation. Doctor Charles, your
0: audio we is not so clear. We must
5: know what
4: this COVID is because if you go around there is COVID.
2: Doctor Charles, your audio, your audio, your fluctuating, sir. Okay, Doctor, Ogu- uh, Mr. Gutare,
0: Mr. Ogu-tade. Please is on mute, Mr. Gutare. We are sorry for this is not within our control. Yeah, that's okay. alright. All right. Okay, so Mr. Gutare, what's what's your word on how people can stay safe? Um, with all that is going on, like I said, my children hasn't gone back to school. So, what's 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 your word to us, everybody out there, especially here in Nigeria?
3: Okay, uh, very very good question. <clears throat> Something that uh, first thing that I will uh, uh, suggest is that uh, we all uh, need to adhere to the uh, the universal uh, precautions, like social distancing, wearing a uh, mask, maintaining uh, proper hygiene. Uh, making sure that we wash our hands regularly, uh, keep away from where we don't necessarily need to go, only do what is important. Uh, and uh, when, like a, uh, <clears throat> uh, the last speaker like I said, uh, uh, not just wearing the mask, we need to wear the mask uh, properly because there is no point in, in putting, uh, covering our nose uh, with a mask and uh, we're just wasting our time preventing ourselves fresh air here when we are not doing it in the proper way. And more importantly, something that I would like to talk about is the self-care itself. Self-care is very, very important, not only just for our health care provider. I think for the general public, and it will help us psychologically a lot. We need uh, to get a break uh, from uh, the overwhelming information we persistently receive every day on social media, on everywhere. And uh, we just need uh, to uh, re- reduce that exacerbation, uh, which can lead us uh, to some anxiety uh, issues and uh, just uh, spiral into a negative, uh, a neg- negative, the negative Take time uh, to uh, to exercise. Uh, look for something that is more important uh, to you, uh, and uh, find time to unwind. Focus on ourselves as a priority instead of thinking of what could have happened and uh, and what could have been. We should also uh, focus on the present. You can't control what is going to happen uh, tomorrow. Just uh, remain in the present and uh, see how you can uh, walk uh, through that uh, that uh, present uh, moment. And uh, this uh, uh, many of these uh, will make a little uh, brighter uh, brighter day for us, uh, you know. And within ourselves, uh, peer support is very important. We can encourage ourselves. Uh, we can uh, uh, give our colleagues the uh, support. Uh, and you don't really need to go into telling uh, gory stories about uh, somebody that died or somebody that, that uh, couldn't uh, find an oxygen. We don't need to go into that. And uh, assuring our colleagues, uh, telling them their feeling is normal, that there will be anxiety, there will be all that. And we don't need to be non-judgmental about the issues that happen or feeling negative all the time. and. Uh, like uh, and supporting a safe work environment is very important, and we can all uh, contribute to this. It's not this is not a job of uh, the uh, the organization alone. The medical director is not the one that is going to pro- uh, well, going to create a safe work environment alone. It has to be the responsibility of everyone. If you see something uh, going, if you see something, say something. If your colleague is doing something wrong, uh, there is no reason why we, you shouldn't correct them. Say no, don't do it that way because. COVID is a leveller. COVID doesn't have a uh, like uh, what uh, the previous speaker said. COVID uh, doesn't uh, it uh, doesn't respect anyone. Uh, it, it normalizes everything. If you're rich, if you're poor, if you live, uh, like uh, you can uh, you can uh, help uh, the situation. So please, it's very important that we do practice a safer practice and. Uh, Provide uh, uh, appropriate information. Share only appropriate information across uh, across uh, yeah, our colleagues and uh, even uh, to the people that will look after look after within uh, the community.
0: All right, thank you so much, Mr. Charles Okuntadi. What I've heard him say is the fact that uh, we don't have to exacerbate the fear. We don't need to increase it. Let's focus on the present. Let's not begin to look at or borrow tomorrow as a problem. But let's yep. also visit sites where you can get adequate and correct information that would help you, so that we know what's going on, and then we keep at it. And if we know that, yes, if you only visiting those sites will create fear in you, please then walk away from there. You can have. Time schedules when you would go and visit those sites and get the information you need, and then you shut down. You don't need to follow all the news all the time, because that might also increase your fear and um, your level of anxiety. And he has also said, self-care is important in all of those things. Let's focus on ourselves, let's take care of ourselves so that we can be old, even for the old ones too. Yes, even when they say on the lining and every other thing, um Dr. here told us the 91 Yes, was able to make it and um, you know, she's still alive, doing well today. I don't know if Charles O'Meara is back. Dr. Charles, are you yes, back? Yes, I'm back. Can
5: you hear me right, now?
0: So, yeah, we can, sir. Let's have the okay. psychological tips from your hand,
5: sir. It's okay. And part of what uh, Mr. Charles said is pretty important to the psychological well-being of the general populace. That is the kind of information you have about this COVID. Now, there are so many things you can see in the internet, and that is what was triggering the anxiety and fear ab the issue. And most of those things were inspired guesses they were not the true situation. So if you have to visit only the site, we have WHO sites, we have uh, NCDC sites where you can know the real information about COVID. Now, the other aspect of it is this, which we've not been able to deal with due to time, that is the need to improve our body immunity. And we know that stress is one of the factors that deplete your immunity. And we are stressed every day Living in Lagos alone. Okay. Now, the first thing to that is identifying your stressors. By the time you identify your stressors, you manage your stressors. Okay. And there are so many ways you can do this, which I might not permit me to go into. But the first thing is learn how to tame the demon in you that manifests as anger and aggression, it depletes your body immunity. The next one is the work overload. How many of us are beating much more than we can chew? Learn to prioritize. These are what I have to do. These are what I need to do. Don't put all your fingers in the mouth at the same time. Because it's only when you are alive today that you can function. Now, I also talk, uh, want us to develop a healthy habit in terms of exercises, 30 minutes a day, organized physical exercise can go a long way. It might not necessarily be jogging. You can stay in your room and dance for 30 minutes and forget your sorrows before you get in, have your shower and go to work. That will go a long way in help you. And the other one that people tend to ignore, which we consider in positive psychology, is how do you address your colleagues? Anybody you see, if you say well to anybody, yeah, enriching your soul as well. When you see anybody, please feel free to acknowledge the person pretty well. By the time you do it to ten persons, it hasn't living your mood for the day. And I don't think the stress will hit you that much. There are other several methods we can cope with the pandemic. So those are just Thank a little
4: bit.
0: Thank you so much. You know, I I love the fact that you said, just tame the demon within. And you know that as a matter of fact, there are lots of people going around with so much anger and aggression now. The level of anger and aggression out there is so much. You know, people will just come at you for no reason. You will think you are the one that asked COVID to come to Nigeria. And you know they're just trying, passing on their frustration, and if you're not careful enough, you will pick up the frustration that they have passed on you, and you pass it on to the other, and then it becomes a chain of reaction that you may not be able to manage. Please let's just look at all of these presenters that told us today, and let's learn how to safeguard ourselves. One major fact that we're going to take away from there is the fact that the second wave is real. Nobody is trying to cajole or make a name out of this. Um, Dr. Power said, I have seen money is great. I have seen power. Disgrace, And that's the fact and that's the truth. Yes, again, quite a lot of things are not um, going on right, even our country, we know that. But everyone has to take a responsibility for themselves. If the government is not providing the facility, if the organization is not providing the resources that you need, please do as much as for yourself to make sure that you take care of yourself. Do what you can within your own power to safeguard yourself, to ensure that, yes, you are protected from all of this thing. And um, we don't want to go into the issue of the vaccine. We may come back sometimes later to talk about it. But what we just want to focus on today is about um, the frontline workers, what the experiences have been and what the psychological things are. Sometimes later in the course of um, the year, we will still talk about the vaccine. And um, when we have all the information that we need, and then we have key experts that will talk to us about it. But I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Dennis, and quite a lot of other things. Uh, Mama Oshinawa, quite a lot of people are here on this call, people that had come in repeatedly and to just join us, uh, Basharun.jadewalu, honestly, we just appreciate you. I will keep saying thank you, thank you for being a part of it. But please, to make this wonderful for us in Yabo Voice, always like and share our pages. We are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Any comment, anything from Yabo Voice, just please share like make comment that makes us more visible to people and allows a lot of people also to benefit from us. Next more by the grace of God, we'll also be looking at the issue of emotional health of the child, how to do identification and what are those things that we need to do because all of these things that we're talking about too, it's affecting them, there's a change in the world that's also taking a toll on these children, And so we must be able to learn how to manage them and how to better safeguard the life of our children. Um, I don't know if my medical director has a last word for us. The medical director, a last word, Ma.
1: Thank you very much, Femi, for being a very good moderator. And uh, mm. permit me to say thank uh Bashontoja Adewolu. Thank you, Baba, for being here. Thank you for the support. Professor Eileen, um this is Lachi Seba, thank you, and everybody that is present there are those who can see and those who do not see. Thank you for the support you are giving to Yaba Voice. Thank you very much. Next month promises to be another day when we'll be talking about the emotional uh, emotions of the child. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much once again for being part of this program please always just. Send out information about this to anyone anytime. We have a video online currently now, and that video is more about the COVID-19 and people's reaction. Please just share, let people benefit. That's what we are trying to do here. Until we come your way again next time, please stay safe, use your nose mask correctly, and do all that is in your power to ensure that we live and healthy lives this year. Take care, bye-bye.
2: Thanks to our presenter, bye.